This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you today in the precious name of Jesus. Pray everyone's doing well. Looking for a great broadcast uh, today, and I want to go right into what God has been dealing with me about. This was probably about a week ago when I was studying. I felt such a burden come on me concerning God's people, and it was about the state of their spiritual well-being. It just seemed overwhelming, and two scriptures were spoken to my spirit during this time. And the first one is Isaiah 5.13, and it says, Therefore my people are gone into captivity, seeing, or my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. The second, the one that spoke into my spirit, was Hosea 4 and 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And it goes on and says, Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Now, it's time for people to realize that God is reaching for us in prayer and seeking His face. You know, it's, I was telling somebody in our Bible study uh, Thursday, I said, God keeps admonishing people to return back to prayer. He keeps dealing with people about prayer and seeking His face. And prayer is something that you can get people to talk about. You can get them to acknowledge that we need to pray as individuals and as a body. We can all quote scriptures on prayer and have an understanding of how desperately we need to pray and seek the face of God and come together. But to get people to actually come together in prayer and to get them to submit themselves to a time of prayer, either as a body or as individually, is probably about the hardest thing there is to do uh, working with people that confess to be Christians. I do not understand why it is so hard to get people to come together to pray and seek the face of the Lord. I, I, I mean, you know, people can quote scriptures, and, and uh, one of the most famous scriptures that people like to quote is Second Chronicles 7.14. And it plainly says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. There's four things here that God dealt with. He just didn't say pray. He said, shall humble themselves. When you have to humble yourself, you have to admit that there's either something wrong or something's being done wrong. And you have got to take correction and make amends or repent and turn back to leadership, and turn back to chastisement or instruction to get yourself back on track. So he said, if my people, which are called by my name, his name is Jesus. That means everyone that nameth the name of Jesus. Paul wrote and said, let everyone that nameth the name of Jesus depart from iniquity. So here... uh 
God is speaking. This is God's voice speaking to King Solomon after the temple was dedicated. And he said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's not just praying. Uh, you've got to seek the face of the Lord. Seeking His face is seeking His will and what He is wanting to do in your life moving forward. What is behind God is what has already been done. Moses, God showed Moses his back parts or his hinder parts. That is what God has already done. That is how Moses was able to write uh, the book of Genesis in the uh, first five books of the Bible by God revealing what he had already done. When you seek God's face, you are uh, afraid that your face is forward. It is looking where you're going. So when we seek God's face, we are looking to move forward in what God is doing and where God wants to take us uh, by the working of His Spirit. And the last thing he said was turn from their wicked ways. God was not talking to sinners. He was not talking to heathen. He was not talking to people that did not know his laws and his statutes. God said, this is my people which are called by my name. They need to turn from their wicked ways. He said, when you do these four things, humble yourself, admit you're wrong, admit something's out of order, admit you need instruction, admit you need to go back and repent and get things back in my divine order and pray and seek my face. Get a heart to walk upright before me. Get a heart to find my will. Get a desire to be led by my Spirit and in turn from their wicked ways. He said, when these four things are done, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And then he went, and said, and went on and said, now mine eyes shall be open." And my ear attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. So, you know, it, it, it uh, prayer is in the Bible. James said in 5.16, Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that ye may be healed. And then he went on and said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That, and he went on and talked about Elijah or Elias, uh, Elias, uh, which is Elijah. How that Elijah was a man of like passion. He was made just like you and I. Same, had the same passion, same desires, but he was a man that walked with God, a man of like passion. But it went on and says that he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. So Elijah focused in his prayer. Elijah focused on the fact that God needed to deal with a backslidden people. Elijah focused on the fact that to get Ahab's attention and to get God's people's attention that had backslidden into idolatry, that had backslidden into the witchcrafts of Jezebel and the soothsaying and all the things that were going on and the magician's tricks. Uh, when, when Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal and all 
all these prophets that ate at Jezebel's table. They said, let the God that answers by fire be God. Well, they would have never agreed to be in that type of showdown or contest if they could not, by their enchantments, make fire appear. But in the presence of the real God, God stopped their enchantments. He stopped their magic. He stopped their witchcraft so they could not cause this to happen. So he said that Elijah was a man of like passion, just as we are. But he prayed earnestly, earnestly, with serious intent. Earnestly he prayed, he petitioned the Lord for the heavens to be shut up. That's all he prayed about. He didn't go in and pray for multiple things. He didn't go in and cry out for this and then a few minutes later cry out for that. And it wasn't, uh, you know, I talk about people praying with what I call fillers. They'll start to pray and they'll say, we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And then they'll say a couple of words and then it's more glory to God's and thank you, Jesus. And hallelujahs. And if, uh, you know, you believe in the the Holy Ghost, there's some tongues spoken in there and uh, like this and, and the majority of what people are saying, there's no substance to it. There's no petition put before the Lord. When you come before the Lord in prayer, there has got to be a petition. There has got to be circumstance and situations. This is why the scriptures hit me so hard when Isaiah said, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There is a lack of knowledge about prayer. There is a lack of understanding of how to pray, how to petition the Lord, how to come before the Lord and present your petition to Him and how to get in prayer and concentrate and pray earnestly about your petition and what you need God to do. We need edifying on prayer. We need men and women that know how to pray and how to move God and how to seek the face of God to teach others how to pray. You know, in Luke, the 11th chapter, in the very first verse, Jesus, it says, was in a certain place praying. And when he had ceased, one of his disciples came to him. I'm going back to the scripture. One of his disciples came to him And this is what he said to him. He said, Lord, teach us to pray, even or as John also taught his disciples to pray. So here was probably a disciple of John that was now following Jesus. And uh, they were either watching or listening or waiting for Jesus to finish praying. And when Jesus had ceased, This disciple came to him and he said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I know people talk about prayer. They know prayer is necessary. Like I said, we can talk about it. We can in length. We can discuss the necessity of it. 
uh, what needs to be done. We can quote scriptures on it. But how many people ever are taught to pray? Are taught how to petition the Lord? Are taught how to bring their supplications before the Lord in prayer is actually implemented. You know, I've admonished people over the years to have home prayer meetings. When you're not in church, have home prayer meetings. Come together and pray. But what people want to do instead of coming together and pray, they want to come together and sing. They want to come together and have worship service. They want to come together and have preaching. If you want to have Bible study, that's fine. And I But if you come together, if you call a prayer meeting, come together and pray. Put the petitions out there. Say, all right, this is what we are going to pray about today or tonight. Come together in prayer. Come together in a unity. Come together and make your requests, your supplications, and your petitions known unto the Lord And don't get in a habit of praying with a bunch of fillers and a bunch of glory to God's hallelujahs, amens, thank you, Jesuses, but pray. Make your petition known. I likened it the other day to a lawyer that goes before a judge. They put a petition before that judge and they state their case. When that lawyer is young, He's going to come before that judge and he's going to do his best. But with each case, with each uh, time he comes before the court and he watches other lawyers and he watches other people present their case before that judge, then he learns. He learns tactic. He learns strategy. He learns how to uh, cut to the chase on getting his petition out there and clarified. He doesn't spend a lot of time putting drama and emotion in, but he clarifies his petition. And the more he comes before a judge, the more he understands. We need individuals that know how to pray, which I will tell you today, people that truly know how to pray and petition the Lord and know how to seek the face of God are few and far between. And to get these people to teach others, like this man come to Jesus and he was requesting, Lord, teach us to pray. Has it ever come into your spirit? Uh, Have you ever petitioned somebody? Have you ever petitioned the Lord? I need to know how to pray. I need to know how to come before you and make my request and my petition known unto you. I need to be able, like Elijah, I need to know how to earnestly pray and uh, uh, seek your face, not concentrate on 30 or 40 things or just throw a bunch of things out there. You know, I've been making the statements here lately that people are praying what I call spaghetti prayers. You know, I don't know how true it is, but the old folklore about spaghetti, when you're cooking spaghetti and you think it's done, you take a strand out and you throw it against the wall, and they say, if it's done, it'll stick. Well, people are praying spaghetti prayers. They're throwing everything against the wall 
to see what sticks, to see what will work. We don't need to pray all these things. I believe there are a lot of words wasted. I believe there's a lot of time wasted. And I believe there's a lot of effort put out on what I call wasted prayers because there's no clear petition. There's no strategy. When you come up against an enemy, the first thing you have to do is identify your enemy. Find his strengths. Find his weaknesses. Understand how he operates because I will guarantee you one thing. The devil is doing that to you. When you come to fight when you come to war and prayer is a fight it is a warfare i've told people many times and i've experienced this over 40 plus years of prayer that when you really get in prayer it is labor it is work it is intense many times i have gotten on my knees to go to prayer and stay in one place even in air conditioned rooms or or climate control rooms and pray and get in intense earnest prayer and pray for hour hour and a half two hours or longer and come out of that season of prayer just soaked in preparation. Why? Because it was intense labor. People do not labor in prayer. They do not seek the face of God for things to happen in prayer. This is the reason why we are facing the things we're facing in our churches. Things that are coming out of the pulpit. I tell many people, and I've told many young ministers, if you don't have a word from God and an anointing of deliverance in your life, then stay home. Don't go preaching if you can't help people. Don't go preaching if God is not going to anoint the word and make it alive because all you are preaching is dead letter. I am so tired of hearing dead letter ministered from the pulpit of dead words. The Bible plainly tells us the letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. Jesus himself said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. The flesh profiteth nothing. We have got a lot of people running that are calling themselves evangelists, and all you are hearing is dead letter. All that's coming out of the pulpits today is emotion and drama. Emotion is not the spirit, and drama is not the anointing. If you are going to go preach then you need to be more than a preacher. You need to become a minister of the gospel. The Lord told me years ago when I was a young preacher, and this is why I say this, the Lord told me anyone can study the Word and preach the Word. You can memorize the Word and preach the Word. He said anyone can preach. But not everyone can minister to people's needs. People have needs. If you are sent forth by the Holy Ghost, 
then you should be able to expound the word, minister the word is what I call it. Not just get a message together, but in prayer God gives you the leadership of His Spirit and the Word that will witness into people's hearts, that will give them strength and wisdom and understanding and help them grow in the Lord and help them gain ground and gain strength to overcome what they are battling or what they are warring or to be able to uh, get a established and not be wishy-washy, but giving people wrong advice and ministering or preaching out of your own heart can devastate people's lives. It can shipwreck people. And we've got too many people that are unqualified. They don't have the qualifications. They don't have the experience. They don't have the working of the Spirit of God in their life. There is no daily dedication of prayer and study of the Word. And they go and minister out of emotion, out of drama, and they minister out of their own heart. You can destroy somebody's life ministering to them out of what you think they ought to do. Your thoughts are not God's thoughts, and your ways are not God's ways. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. And if it was up to me, which is probably a good thing it's not, about 90 to 95% of these people running around calling themselves evangelists and preaching in emotion and drama and then praying for people with no anointing of deliverance, I would tell them to go back home. Go back home, sit down under a pastor, sit down under leadership and learn. Learn. Get some experience. Get a dedication. Get a prayer life. Get a relationship with God. Learn the working and leadership of the Spirit. Find you need a, I don't care who you are, how called of God you think you are, you need to be working in a local body under a pastor in a church where God has placed you and not bouncing all over the place. I've seen so many evangelists. They will not find the home church. They will not get under teaching and government and leadership from seasoned ministers that have been through trials, been through heartaches and sorrows, have been tried, but yet they're still standing. And they have come through the trials. They have been edified, strengthened, rooted, grounded, and established in the faith and they can teach you how to pray. They can teach you how to seek the face of God, how to put your petitions before the Lord. And if you are called in evangelism, the first thing you need to do is bear witness of the gospel, bear witness of the Christ in your life. First in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria are in your surrounding towns and cities. Go out. Get revivals in the highways and the hedges. 
website. Help develop and build your own home church by winning souls out in the streets. Don't just go from church to church. The office of an evangelist is not to resave the church. It is to win souls to strengthen your local church. If you can't do that, you have no business going forth. You have no business because you're not being led by the Holy Ghost. You're not being sent forth by the Spirit of Christ. But you are out there going for your own self-glory and a car payment or a light bill, and that's wrong. It's wrong to go preach because you have financial obligations. The Lord told me several years ago to get rid of my business, come off of the job, and we live totally by faith. We have no income except what God provides. We have no income. We give ourselves according to Acts the 6th chapter continually to prayer and ministry of the Word and God moves on people's hearts to support the gospel and help us financially and that is what we do. We do not go preach for money. We sit still until we are led forth and sent forth by the Holy Ghost. And that's what we need to do. There are too many preachers out there on the milk route going to the same churches, preaching the same thing and doing it for offerings. It's wrong and somewhere God will deal with this mindset and I pray that He does and I pray He does it quickly. Now, this is Brother John Metter. I see that our time has got away from us again and I want to admonish you to stand with this ministry. We are starting uh, in the home prayer meetings. And by the time this broadcast airs, we will have had uh, a meeting in Cumming, Georgia. A new door opening to us. And the thing about it is, is some of the people that were in my home prayer meetings back in the early 80s. Back in 82, 83, and 84. Uh, this is... Their children, their children and their grandchildren are going to be in these meetings. So I will be ministering to three, possibly four generations in these meetings. And then we will have our meeting uh, Monday night, I believe it's September uh, the 10th, in uh, Sister Kathy Conrad's home there in Ella J. Uh, we will be ministering there at 7.30 uh, to... Uh, Bible study, and we're starting to break the Word down and teach. That's what the Lord told me. People need teaching. But we are seeing these Bible studies going from house to house. We've not forsaken the church. We are still at the church in LJ on 90 Garland Drive, 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. But we are seeing two and three Bible studies a week set up. Some of them are in the daytime. Some of them are in the evening. I told the Lord, I said, I'll preach at 3 o'clock in the morning if that's when people can get there to study the Word. It doesn't matter to me. I'm God's servant. We do so many things in our own convenience uh, and we limit the working of the Spirit of God. God is God at 3 o'clock in the morning just like He is at 7.30 at night. 
We limit God's hand. We tie God's hands to keep Him from moving and we limit Him inside the walls of the church and this has got to change. But anyway, I would like to hear from you. Write us at World Revivals P.O. Box 1618 Conyers, that's C-O-N-Y-E-R-S Georgia 30012 Let us know what this broadcast means to you. If you can support us, send us an offering to help keep this broadcast on the air. We understand that this is reaching many, many, many people. I'm encouraging you help us with this. We also... uh Record our services from the church. They are posted on our website. The website takes money. The internet takes money. The equipment to record these takes finances, children. This is not something that can be done without financial support. So go to our website, mansentfromgod.org, M-A-N-S-E-N-T, F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. There are our articles. There are our videos. Uh, there are uh, testimonies there of what God has done in services. We pray for you. We're hoping these broadcasts are a blessing to you. Go to our website. Send us an email. Tell us what God's doing for you. And we look forward to seeing you again or hearing uh, being with you again on this broadcast at the same time next week. May God bless you.